Welcome to the Marshall Pro Podcast. In your week in IndyCar guest episode, this time it's our man, the people's champ, one of our most frequent and popular guests, the Connor Daly. Fine, fine product of America who's driving for an American team. Uh, it's a red, white, and daily episode. Fun to have our man on. Spent about an hour fielding your questions. And there's some gems, some true gems in there. Uh, the one about which IndyCar team would win an Anchorman-style fight behind the Brickyard. Oh, boy. That was all kinds of fun, including which driver would be the one to pull out a hand grenade, Brick Tamlin style. Um, oh, yeah. So, usual fun stuff with Connor talking about how life has changed, expectations for next year, being a team leader. Although he's young, being a team leader, especially with a rookie teammate in the mighty fine, mighty fine Dutchman, Renus VK. This Ed Carpenter racing adventure, can't wait for it to begin uh, it'll just be nice to speak with Connor and have things just be about normal racing things, not the things that aren't working for him, the things that he wishes he had, and the things that are going wrong, the folks that weren't recognizing his talent, and so on. So really happy for him. Fun conversation as usual. Wander all over the place. And that's just a Connor daily visit to the weekend in IndyCar. So we hope you enjoy it. Want to say thank you as always to Cooper Tires. Be back here for their third year coming up. The Justice Brothers, another just amazing part of what we do. TorontoMotorsports.com. They are helping me with a new, I guess it's our third year of doing this charity drive to raise funds for the girls of Justin Wilson, my late friend, many of our late and dear friend. Justin Wilson. So if you check out the front page of torontomotorsports.com, you'll see what we are selling there. 100% of the proceeds go to the wilsonchildrensfund.com. And then finally, a huge and massive and ongoing thank you to Bell Racing Helmets USA. Plenty of other stuff we could talk about. Plenty of other things that uh, caught my fancy. I've rolled those into the open of our Weekend IndyCar listener Q&A. Some funny and silly things happened over the last week that I shared there. So we've got the listener Q&A IndyCar episode waiting for you like this, all driven by your submissions through social media. And if it's your first time listening, MarshallPruittPodcast.com has. I think we're just about at the 700 episode mark altogether. All kinds of things. Check it out. All the ways to subscribe waiting for you at marshallpruittpodcast.com. So you got all that stuff waiting there in the listener Q&A, and that's why we're just going to get straight into our man, the people's champ, Connor Daly, Week in IndyCar. Let's rock and roll. Connor Daly, I am brought back to one of my all-time favorite movie scenes, that being Scarface, when they shoot Mel, the bad cop, And his henchman protector guy is wondering if they were going to shoot and kill him. And at the very last moment, they say, hey, man, you got a job. That's the Connor Daly story 
right? It's been a couple years since we have been able to discuss you and we'll call it full-time employment, right? You're doing the majority of the IndyCar races in 2020 with Ed Carpenter Racing. I'm just going to go straight into a question from Kenny C., who asks what we need to open with. Serious question for Connor. On a scale of one to America, how are you feeling right now? I'm pretty free, that's for sure. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just awesome. I mean, it was a, honestly, it was a very tumultuous offseason for, for, for not just me, clearly. I mean, it was way worse for, for other people, but it's just been, there's just something in the water um this off season it feels like uh and i and i don't know what that is um but you know it's 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 to thankfully come out on the right side of it on a you know very american and very indiana side of it is uh, is super great and um you know to continue a relationship we started very small in 2018 um you know i'm i'm really really proud of that cuz I've really not had a sponsor, um, you know, that, that's stuck with me and that's been this loyal and that's, that's invested this much in my, you know, in my career as the U S air force. So, um, it's, it's pretty awesome. American kid driving for an Indiana based in originating team born in Indiana, Chevrolet power. I mean, I don't know how you get more patriotic than that. Um, huh. We might have to baptize your Italian Delara chassis, though, in some sort of, you know, waters of not necessarily Minnetonka, but Zionsville water, something like that. Oh, yeah. Let's we'll, we'll, we... we'll send we'll send it. We'll send it swimming in the canal like Pat McAfee. See, I mean, I figure there's going to be McAfee angle in all this before we get to yep. more questions. How does it feel, Connor, to be able to transition from the guy who seemingly in every conversation with idiots like me in the media, fans, I don't know, even your fellow drivers, how does it feel to transition from guy on the outside looking in, super sub, trying to latch on and find something? How does it feel to transition out of that and back into normal life, busy race car driver, things going according to plan? How does that feel? Honestly, it's awesome because I, I was in a really dark place at the end of 2017. Um, you know, that was really tough to take. Uh, you never really know. You know, at, at the end of that, you know, we lost all of you know my career momentum. Everything had sort of quieted down. You know, I wasn't really getting much from team owners. You know, obviously, unless I had won the lottery and I had seven million dollars, you know, then they'd be happy to run me. Um, but you know, it was just kind of a it was just a difficult spot to be in, um, and I don't think people you know, really realize what that's like, you know, your entire life, what you're working for. And you sort of, it's out of your control, you know, unless you happen to trip over, you know, a, a, a sponsor. And, and we did, you know, with, through, you know, through Tom Burns and through this, this relationship that we created with the U S air force, um, you know, in 2018, it's, it's obviously awesome to be back. And, and, and yes, we're still not full time, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a journey. I mean, it's, you know, we, we ended up doing at, in 2018, you know, I thought I was only doing one race, ended up doing four. And in, in 2019, I thought I was doing one race, ended up doing seven. Um, and, and now, you know, technically I have 13 races and who knows, maybe I'll end up doing 17, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it just, 
it, it's nice to be in a position to where, you know, it, it feels like a full-time ride. Like I get a Chevy Tahoe. I mean, that's, that's something I haven't had since 2017. That's for sure. Um, I can finally put the Subaru to rest. Um, and, and, you know, Ed is, is, is such a, such a good guy. I really like the way he works so far. I mean, the whole, the whole process of trying to, you know, insert myself in this team, um, you know, was tough because it, it, it was business related. I mean, there, there, there needs to be a, 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 you know, a financial component to, to be a part of, you know, the team and, and to make it work. And obviously I hope that, you know, with what I can do behind the wheel is also, you know, quite tempting, um, which I think thankfully, you know, Ed will tell you in this situation, you know, it was, and, and yeah, it just, it, it all happened to work out the right way. I mean, everything about it feels right. I think for the fans, for people that support me, um, it's what a lot of people have always wanted. Ed has taken a beating on the internet for years about not putting me in the seat. And he tells me, he tells that to me all the time. He's like, finally, all these people can be happy because I actually, you know, put you in a seat. So it's, it's one of those things that this seat is not full time, but I can start the season, the first seven races. And by the end of the first seven races, by the time we get to Texas, you know, I want to, you know, have left a mark already. And, and, you know, that, that's going to be tough. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of tracks haven't been to in a while and there's a lot of new stuff with the aero screen. That's going to change how the cars feel. And, um, you know, I've got a rookie teammate, so I'm going to hopefully, uh, well, I'm going to be the guy trying to lead the team technically, at least until, you know, he, he gets his feet under him, which he will, because he's a very quick driver. Um, but yeah, just going to kind of take it one day at a time and, um, treat, I'm going to treat the first seven races like its own, like my own championship in, in, within another championship and then see what happens from there. I think I heard you say a minute ago, Connor Daly fans keep hammering Ed on the internet. So he puts him in for the rest of the races. I think I heard that subtext in there. I could be wrong though. Uh, uh no. No, Ed, Ed, Ed still definitely wants to race. I, I definitely know that. And I, and I have all the respect in the world for him. So, Oh, I wasn't talking I, yeah, about booting I'll, him out. Yeah. I was talking about putting him in a car of his own, you know? I mean, well, I know. Yeah. It, it's tough to do that financially, but you know, I, I, at this point with all the crazy stuff I've seen over the last two years and slotting into seats here and there, you, you never say never. Let's go to Bryson Frank who says, congrats, Connor. He says it's great to see the United States Air Force stepping up their commitment to you for next year. He asks, how did this deal come together? And also, why did you choose Ed Carpenter Racing over some of the other options available on the grid? Um, well, honestly, it all started in 2018. Tom Burns had, had sat down with me to have a meeting, um, and, and his niece um, was, uh, you know, was part of the marketing agency that helps handle the Air Force's uh, budget. And they had expressed interest in the Indy 500. Tom Burns had obviously run cars in the 80s and 90s in the, in the Indianapolis 500. Um, and, you know, we, we were able to put something together. It was a very rocky, a rocky month of May, very difficult relationship, yeah. you know, very financially destructive to me. Um, but it was all worth it. You know, I, I guess I invested in my own future um, and, 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 it, and it did work out. Um, and so after that, you know, they wanted to go bigger and better and, and they loved the experience. They got a massive return on what, on what they invested. So obviously they took the next step to be involved with Andretti and we did, you know, two races with that team. Um, and, and I think again, they got 
a lot out of it. And, and they are seeing a true positive return on their investment, which, you know, not a lot of people can say they're getting. Um, but thankfully, you know, the massive response on the Internet that we get and, the, and, and that the fans help out with, that is all part of it. So, you know, everyone said, well, you have such a great following. That's got to pay off at some point. Um, you know, in this case, I do think it is. And, and, I, and I, I'm really thankful for everyone that does support us because any time there seems to be, you know, an announcement around, you know, plans for me. I mean, people respond so well to it. And, and, and I'm just, you know, I'm really thankful for that. And it, it just it, it's part of the game right now. It's part of the business. And so, you know, we're, we're now obviously going to try and deliver for them again. And and obviously when it came down to Ed Carpenter Racing, it's not a choice-based scenario. Like, it's not like they give me a checkbook and I can just deliver it to whoever is, you know, whoever I want. Um, it's very, very business-oriented. The The team has to, you know, fit within a certain uh, um, a, a certain group of regulations, I guess. Um, you know, obviously, I talked to Carlin a lot, but uh, because they were a British, uh, a British team originally, um, you know, that, that, that was a difficult thing. There's still obviously a very, you know, American tie for the Air Force. They have to be, you know, as about as American as you can get. Um, so, you know, that it, it wasn't a choice. There was no real, you know, we talked to Ray Hall, obviously talked to them, but there wasn't enough to really, you know, do much more than what we, what we were able to do at Andretti, um, you know, with the one or two races. Um, but, but the situation with Ed was, was perfect. And, and, and it was exactly what the air force needed. It's exactly what, you know, I needed to take the next step in my career, which is, you know, to get more than two races. Um, and, and it just all, all the stars aligned and, and it was, um, you know, I guess it was meant to be. <laughs> I love it. Let's go to Tim Peters. Hey, Connor, is your deal a single year or multi-year? He says it'd be great if you could get more than one year in the car and hope that there are opportunities for you to run the ovals if things are going well. The day I sign a multi-year contract is probably the day that pigs will be flying through the sky. Um, <laughs> I I would love that, um, but you know, the way the business works is just not. You know, if I'm going to sign a multi-year deal, I would like that to be you know a full-time seat. Obviously, it's hard to commit multi-year to a you know to non-full-time seat. But uh, but but I do. I would love to see myself with Ed Carpenter Racing for you know for a long time. The, one of the very first conversations I had with Ed is you know he wants to find you know, a guy that could be there for 10 years, you know, legacy type driver. And, and I, and I would love to be, you know, be that guy. And I think they've done such a great job organizing that, you know, that team. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just one year. I think the air force as well could only commit to one year deals at a time, um, purely for government regulations. So, um, so yeah, so we just got to take it, you know, again, I'm going to go into every race like my life is on the line every single time. And, and, and that's what I was doing last year. And hopefully that can, you know, pay off in the long run. <clears throat> the people's champ, boys and girls, <clears throat> Connor Daly. Next question is from the retro rebel. I don't know if you've ever been interviewed by the retro rebel, young Olivia. I have. She isn't she the she's well, first of all, she's going to be my boss at some point in time in the future. All of our bosses, yeah. isn't she the best man? And I know I've said this on social media before what she does as a, I don't know how old she is, 10, 12, something, the amount of work that she does, the amount of effort she puts in and content she produces 
outweighs, frankly, what a lot of, quote, professional media do in IndyCar. I just think the world of her and look forward to her being around more and more. Uh, Olivia sent in a question and says, and she's one of about 50 people who've asked this. Connor, if you're doing well in points by the time you get to Texas, maybe somewhere in the top 10, is there a possibility to stay in the car and hunt for a championship? I know you've addressed that a little bit, but this seems like something that you, I don't know. Have you discussed that with Ed? Is there a contingency plan you're at least thinking of? (laughs) Well, and you're right about everything you said about, um, about this young lady. I I saw her question and I was like, it was the first one that I saw that I was like, actually, that's a really good question. Um, but, um, I mean, all the questions are good, but when I saw hers, I was like, that was the first person to ask that. And I was like, Oh, well, that's, I, I respect that. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, no, I haven't talked to Ed about it. I mean, it's not, it's not my place to, to bring up, you know, there, we haven't done one race yet. Um, you know, they obviously still, they still want to see what I can do within the team at the racetrack back on road courses that I've, you know, that I haven't done in a while. So I, 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 I don't see it happening that way. Um, however, I do want to be leading the championship exiting the Indy 500, especially Detroit, but you know, I think that's, that's obviously a tall task, but there's no reason why we shouldn't do well at Indy. You know, there's no reason why we shouldn't do well at Detroit and, and, and other races, you know, the Grand Prix of Indy is a race that I can't wait to get back to. Um, so yeah, I don't know. The first half of the season is, is, is a lot of tracks that I really like. There's really only one that I don't like, and that's Barber. Um, but, uh, but, and I haven't, I haven't really raced a Coda, but, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good, strong first half of the year. And I, I, I don't know what will happen, but I, I can guarantee one thing. Ed, Ed is a racer. Ed's not getting out of that car. He's uh he's a, he's a, he's a good driver and, and he deserves to be in there cause he's put the work in and the time in. Um, so yeah, so we'll see. Oh, you're going to get such a call from your. Your stepdad there, Mr. Bowles, seeing as how they just announced there's no longer an Indianapolis Grand Prix. It's now the <laughs> Global Medical Response, the GMR Grand Prix. Uh, I boy, did indeed see you're that. Get, you're getting <laughs> fined because of my show. I love it. Um, the funny thing is I knew about that like a month ago, too, and I, I still didn't say it. That's on me. <laughs> uh, let's go to Bob Gravel. Now, and again, I told you, man, I love my listeners. The best questions come in. Connor, if all the IndyCar teams had an anchorman style throwdown out back of the brickyard, who do you think would win and which driver would pull a grenade out of nowhere? Congrats on the ride. Me and my brother are rooting for you. I mean, the guy who does the brick tamlin and pulls the grenade out of nowhere, that kind of has to be willpower, right? Like, you know, he's got one in his pocket just somehow, but... Who of the drivers wins a uh, battle of the anchorman style throwdown behind the brickyard? I, I think you you hit the nail on the head with Will Power being the hand grenade guy. Um, just seems like that would be that would work. I think uh, he does that now. That's the thing. Like yeah, he, he, he might. Yeah, he climbs in the car. You know, opening practice at Indy and real. Oh, he's got left his got his phone in his pocket, his car keys, hands those to the crew. Oh, and here's a grenade. Like, I think that already has happened. There is a potential for that to have happened. I think if it's if it's a true, you know, backyard brawl, I mean, Penske have ex-college athletes, you know, fueling their cars. Quinn Washington would 
just bop a lot of people on the head and make them go to sleep. But he's the sweetest. I realize he's a former college yes. football player, but he's also one of the genuinely sweetest human beings ever. Oh, yeah. You know, I, that's hard to say. I mean, if it's if it's teams with drivers um, or if it's just drivers, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I Let's think, go teams because uh, I'm, I'm kind of liking your odds. Uh-huh. Ed Carpenter Racing – there, there's there's a punchy element to it. Like your guys look like they've been to a lot of Saturday night races and gotten the old elbows out. Got you know, there's been some fisticuffs, is what I'm saying. I, I yeah, think I'm you'd not, be okay. Yeah, yeah. I I think our group for sure are, are, are would be the ones to throw down and do things properly. Um, you know, real American American style fight. I certainly know my fueler uh, Matt Geezy would be uh, the one I want to have. Uh, swinging fisticuffs right next to me um so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of good people on our team i think we win the fight uh i think there you know there's there's people that could dress up differently obviously carlin very british you never know what they're bringing to the table uh perhaps muskets and redcoats i don't know um but uh but either way the british um, are hardy like even though if you look at them you know they're either crazy short or crazy thin there's not a lot of you know beef on that Carlin team, but I'm telling you, most Brits, I mean, do they don't look <laughs> the part necessarily? Don't mess with most Brits; they will absolutely knock some teeth out. Let, oh, let's, I agree. Let's do this. So, I, I again, I'm I'm good crowning Ed Carpenter racing the winner of the team based Anchorman brawl. Which team goes down first? Because that's always the, the most fun. Which team? Well, I can't say that. Of course you can. You've got your no, own podcast where you talk crazy people. smack. Come on now. No, uh, I don't know. I, I but see, I like all the team members. It's just the team owners I struggle with sometimes. So all the team members, I I, I really like all the guys that I've worked with. So I don't know, man. That's tough to say. I think in a pure numbers game, uh, you know, Dale Coyne probably has fewer people than others. So maybe maybe that's you know that's going to be a tough situation, but. Um, I don't age, know. age too. Uh, I was leaning towards coin as well. I mean, they've got some amazing people, but there's also, you know, uh, there's some folks pushing 50, pushing 60, you know, their average age among crews, not saying old folk can't fight, just saying, you know, young cat like you get in a couple uh, jabs before they throw one back. So might be coin, yeah. might be coin. Let's go to Jeremiah Morell. Love Jeremiah, a fellow, one of your fellow Hoosiers. He says, were you able to negotiate a new Chevy to drive this year from Ed, or is it more of the Subaru life? <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I mentioned earlier, but yeah, I, I definitely uh, definitely get to have a Tahoe, which is um, which I am very, very thankful. I mean, that's honestly one of the best parts of this whole deal. Uh, <laughs> it was one of the very first things I asked Ed as I said, hey, man, my power steering is in the process of failing. You got any extra cars around there? <laughs> and he laughed and, uh, and then said, yes. So, um, so that's a really nice part of the deal. Um, and thankfully I can keep the Subaru as my garage queen. I love the fact that we have an IndyCar driver who might be more stoked to get a quality street car out of his uh, new deal than actually driving an IndyCar. Kidding aside. Oh yeah. Uh, let's go to Will McCarty. He says, is this the first time in your career you're going to be playing the role of, quote, team veteran? He asks, how do you prepare for the season considering that dynamic? He says, it's been insinuated that ECR didn't have the best relationship across drivers last year. What is your role in ensuring that you 
and young Renus VK complement each other versus cannibalizing each other? I mean, honestly, I've never not got along with a teammate, so I, I, I don't, you know, I don't see that being an issue. You know, I've already had dinner with Arenas a couple times. I think the kid is, um, you know, is really cool. I mean, honestly, there's there's a lot of rookies in IndyCar right now, and that's going to be an exciting battle without a doubt. Um, and and yeah, I mean, I hope I can be uh, a, a leader. I, I obviously, you know, I, I, it, it's hard because, you know, as I know how it is as a rookie not having a stable teammate, you know, coin, I had 46 different teammates <laughs> during that year. And, and, you know, and a lot of them were rookies as well. And that, that is very hard. Um, so hopefully, you know, we can, you know, uh, we can, we can work together and, and, and he'll start to understand what he needs out of the car. And I obviously know, you know, what I need, but you know, we've got the aero screen, extra weight, different CG, all that kind of stuff to sort through. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Renus is obviously going to have a, a, a great future. He's got a he's got a good program. Ed 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 sees a lot in him. Um, so yeah, I, I you know I, I didn't know the twenty one car was going to be available. Um, so that was obviously a surprise to me as well. When when because I was also working with Ed, you know, before Renus's deal was 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 announced. Um, so I you know I, I obviously would have liked a you know a shot at the twenty one, um, but. Uh, but 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 it's you know in the end I'm still doing a majority of the races and that's all that matters and and obviously I want to try and prove myself and and um, and and so does Renus so I think it's going to be really good to have you know two I would still like to consider myself a young gun even though that kid's 19 and it's wild he's born in the 2000s <laughs> um, but uh, and it's really really frustrating for me because now I feel really old um, but I think it's going to be good and I think Ed's put together a really strong team. So Renus dedicating, showing how dedicated he is to being a professional and wanting to be the best teammate has learned English. How have you been doing in learning Dutch to be able to better communicate with your new teammate? Well, this is America and we speak American, so I'm going to just keep doing that. And if I learn some Dutch along the way, great. <laughs> this might be my favorite question of the week. It's It's a little dark, but hey. Our pal J.J. Gertler says, Connor, now that you have a job and Hinch doesn't, how long is he allowed to sleep on your couch? <laughs> well, thankfully, Hinch has had a very successful job for many, many, many more years than I have. So uh, he's a smart man. I'm sure he can. Uh, he still gets paid more for appearances than I do in a year of racing. So uh, I think um, I think he'll be just fine. <laughs> but answer. if he does need my couch. I will obviously leave it open to him. And we're hoping, obviously, that uh, the the employment scenario changes here for our pal from north of America border. Uh, let's go <laughs> to Keith Lee. He says, being a professional race car driver and a gamer, what are your thoughts on the 2019 winner of the Fortnite competition earning more prize money, $3 million, than Simon Pagano for winning the Indy 500, $2.6 million. Seems a little unfair. <laughs> compared to the amount of risk involved when it comes to enduring the long and dangerous race versus sitting in a seat. Well, I mean, that's a huge argument for years is that, you know, we, we obviously don't have enough prize money, but obviously when you, when you look at it, I mean, come on, there are, there are hundreds of millions of gamers all around the world and there are a lot of good ones. 
and he's that kid had to beat a lot of them. And, uh, you know, there's, there's so much more money that's sunk into that game and that company who, you know, who would put on that tournament. And that's just what it comes down to is eyes, people that support it and, you know, the amount of money in the organization. And hopefully we continue to get there. Obviously it, it will not happen overnight. Um, is it offensive that, you know, most professional gamers, because I now am an ambassador for an esports team and I know how much prize money my esports team has brought in this year, and it's way more than most IndyCar drivers have brought in. Um, you know, I don't believe that that is correct, but you know what? We're, it is what it is. We got to, we got to, you know, continue to build our sport, bring it back up into the spotlight as it should be. And hopefully with that follows some uh, cash. That's the, most political answer you've given to anything I've heard in a long time. Uh, let's go to uh, Jeff Zerneski who says, congratulations, Connor, from an engineering and setup perspective, what do you feel you bring to Ed Carpenter racing? I mean, honestly, I've always been a very technical guy. That's, that's what I've, you know, that's what my dad brought me up to be. That's what I, you know, what I tried to study as I, as I grew up, went up the ladder. Um, I feel like every engineer that I've worked with, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm able to, you know, establish a pretty good relationship with, um, and it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's not that I know, I, if you asked me to name every piece of the car and, and exactly what measurement each, you know, each wheel, you know, each toe setting, each spring, everything like that, I could not tell you, but I will tell you exactly what each thing felt like. And I will tell you exactly what direction you know we need to go or i won't and 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 that's you know that's the pure honesty thing you know sometimes you won't be able to feel a change and you have to be able to relay that so um i I don't know i i I feel like by the end of the weekend um i've efficiently gone through you know enough uh, on the car to have as good of a setup as we we could possibly have in that short amount of time um, and if not, you know, maybe I'll, I'll come back next year and, and, and already have a good idea on, on what we did. So, uh, I, I think technically I feel confident in being able to sort out a car and, and, and to how I like it. Um, and, and I think that's why, you know, whenever I've gone to a team, uh, you know, that, that's, that's relatively inexperienced or new like Harding or Carlin, um, you know, we've been able to, after a couple races, you know, get up to speed pretty quickly because, it just takes some time to get there. But once we do, you know, the things are firing on all cylinders. Got a couple of quick fire ones for you here. First one from Kiwi Chong, who says, Connor, will you and Marco Andretti be jockeying around every racetrack next season? And will it be part of the NBC gold package? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to avoid that forever. Can't. I'm only running indoors and away from cameras from now on. That was just such a delight. Uh, Ken Rosher says, well, Connor and Jim Aiello, continue their podcast together you know i don't know um i would love to have a podcast i think it was really fun to do this year um i think jim obviously he's got an incredible job now with the colts so he seems to be the busiest person in the history of people now um so i don't know man i i would like to i'll have to look at it um i know i talked to pat mcafee a little bit about um you know about about a podcast because uh, i know he wanted me to potentially um, you know, ask him about that when I, when I did it with Jim. So, um, so who knows, I, I'd like to have a voice and, and, and ha- give, give other people a voice as well. So, so we'll see. The world needs more racing podcasts. 
Let's go to uh, yeah. Kevin Frederico says, hey, Connor, congrats on the ride. Have you ever thought of entertaining or entering, I'm sorry, one of the grid life events with your Subi and maybe even contest the eSport nights that they offer? Are you familiar with grid life? Oh, yeah. No chance is my Subaru ever getting there. I mean, I'm literally, people think that that car is some performance-based thing. I literally struggle to get to the grocery store. So I, there's no chance it's going to drift anywhere, stop, s- stop suddenly, or go fast without things falling apart. Now, having said that, I, it is well-built, and Grand Real Performance did a great job putting the engine together. However, it's an old car. And as a man who has only that car, there is no chance I would take it out to any type of performance venue at all. However, Grid Life is awesome, and I love what they do. I think that's very cool stuff. I have a 2006 Acura TSX with 209,000 miles on it. So, I don't know, man. Uh, it, your car can't be that old or that bad. But um, No, but I hate the idea of having to fix it. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's go to Greg Liver's Edge. Says a couple months ago, you recorded a cameo for my father's birthday. What has been the tackiest or most tasteless cameo video that's been requested so far? And you might explain to folks what cameo is, which is just the best thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's an app. It's a it's an app where you can request me or various uh, other human beings, way more famous than I, to. Uh, to record certain messages for you, whether it's a birthday, Merry Christmas, I don't know, whatever, whatever you want. Literally, you could ask for whatever you want. How much, um, what's your rate set at, by the way? Uh, I think it's like $15 or something. That's Kelly all? Was on there. Dude, you've got to value yourself more than that. Come on. I don't hold myself worth very high at all. I mean, Elio's on there for like a hundred. I think Alex is like a thousand bucks because he never wanted to do it. Rossi is there for a grand? And no, it's it's something crazy. Like he's like, yeah, I don't want to do this. So if someone's gonna do it, it's gonna be five hundred dollars. <laughs> wow. I don't know, but uh, but I know Elio does a lot of them, uh, and he's you know he's a big reality TV star. So um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I've got I, a lot of them are really cool. Some of them I just can't do because it's like I can't say that. Like because that video that you record goes everywhere, so it's not like it's you know hidden. You know, people can post that anywhere. So you got to be careful because sometimes people try to trip you up or a lot of times people try and get you to read ads for them. And I'm like, I'm not doing an ad for $15. I'm doing an ad for five grand <laughs> if you want me to do an ad. <laughs> yeah, now I'm going to get people to send in all kinds of political requests to get you a vote for Trump, yeah, not, vote for Biden, vo- uh, vote for I'm just going to have you just blanket all candidates and uh, just so everyone can hate you, I guess. Um, yeah, that's all I need. Let's go to our man, Vincent1701, who asks, how will your off-season change since you now have a ride? It's a great question. I don't think you were sitting around before getting fat eating Cheetos when you didn't have a ride, but what's what's different between heading into 2020 than, say, 2019? Um, well, I mean, I'm already at work in Florida doing some stuff. I've already been in the simulator um, for two days, so... Uh, you know, that's really nice. Um, and, and yeah, just trying to, uh, figure out what, you know, what our preseason testing schedule looks like. I mean, it's, it's tough because with the aero screen, um, you know, there's, there's like, there's only three that exist or something like that. So not many people are really going to be able to do testing, you know, in January. 
um, except for the people that do possess the very few aero screens that exist. Um, so, so yeah, realistically, my first time probably in the car on a road course will be the test at, um, at, at Coda, the open test. Um, but I'm sure we'll be on the simulator before then a little bit. Um, potentially, you know, do, do one other test before, uh, St. Pete. Um, but yeah, there, there's, there's not a lot that's changed. Uh, I'm probably going to do the chili bowl again as well in January. Um, and then, yeah. And then, and then just keep on, keep on trucking. Jordan Darwin asks, Connor, do you have any interest in doing anything internationally with visiting troops? And he also asks, is there anything you might go and do with the air force Academy in Colorado Springs? Um, you know, I would love to, I, I love meeting and, and interacting with, you know, with servicemen and women. I think they're awesome people. Um, you know, the, the way, the way the air force deal works though, is it's, it's a different, it's not, it's, it's, it's more based on the recruiting side. So they're, you know, it, it's, we're, we're trying to recruit new people into the air force. So that's why we focus so much on, you know, the events, the activations at the events and the people that I get to meet there are awesome. Um, but yeah, if there were any chance for me to do that, I would definitely do it. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely do it if that to answer the question, you know, short, but, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that would be, that would be really cool. And what was the second part of that question? Uh, also anything about attending the air force Academy in Colorado Springs, possibly maybe getting oh, you through uh, a boot camp. <laughs> yeah. I mean, potentially we were going to do something around that and maybe not go to the Academy, but do another another type of, um, of air force, uh, training. Uh, and my, my little brother actually, who's 17 was considering going to the air force Academy. So, um, so I definitely might go there either way. Let's go to Dan Gallagher. Uh, he's one of a number of people who have asked, is there anything to prevent you from being Max Chilton's stand in at Carlin on the ovals? Um, I, I don't know, to be honest. Um, is that, would, would that interest you if it was offered? I, 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 I just, I don't know. I love working with Carlin, obviously, but I think Ed would rather just have me, you know, be a part of the team um, and, and just be there. And, and, and for me, it makes things less awkward because, I mean, there's so much information and data that people don't want pass between teams. And it was, I mean, last year was such a difficult scenario. I mean, no one even let me have one lap of onboard video. I mean, I didn't get it because, you know, I, I was at all these different teams. I mean, people, you know, I couldn't read certain setup sheets. I mean, that doesn't help me as a driver. And, you know, it's not like I was voluntarily doing that, but, you know, I, I just had to drive where I could drive. And, and I just, you know, I, I don't know. And I think Max is, Max is still planning, you know, Max still hasn't made the decision on what he wants to do. I don't think, I mean, maybe, maybe now that we've got the arrow screen, you know, maybe he wants to go back to doing the ovals. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there it's, it's not something in the forefront of my brain at the moment. That would be Buffalo wings at the forefront of your brain right now. Uh, let's go to our man, Joshua Ponce, who says, Connor, will your car possibly have different patent schemes to celebrate the air force? Like the Thunderbird scheme that you ran at India a few years back. He says, it'd be really cool to see a, a fighter paint scheme on track and be dog fighting with the other drivers. So, have you guys mapped that out yet? What kind of, if and when you might do some special liveries? Yeah. So realistically, we, we want to stick with sort of the brand that we created last year. I mean, obviously the car last year was, was awesome. Uh, I mean, looked fantastic. The die cast was awesome. 
So you're going to see a similar design to that. Um, you know, we obviously had the gunmetal and then the shark teeth and then the blue on the side. There's going to be a small, there's going to be some small changes. Um, but trust me, it, it still looks incredible. Um, and then we are going to do a one-off livery for Indy, which I think is going to be super unique, um, and, and really, really cool. Uh, just, just, just a special, a special, not necessarily tribute, but, um, recognition. I don't know. It's, it's just going to be awesome. Um, I think, and to have something like that special for Indy, obviously, cause I'll be a third car, so I won't be in the 20 car. Um, so we'll be able to have, you know, a totally separate number, um, that, that will also, uh, you know, represent something that goes along with the livery. So, uh, it'll be cool. Our friend Philip Gaynor sent in two items here, and I thought some of the uh, some of the work he did was pretty interesting. He says, "So with the, this news, I figured out some interesting stats." He says, "With joining Ed Carpenter Racing, this is Connor's seventh IndyCar team. He will have raced on track by the 500 with 23 teammates, if you include Jack Harvey and Colton Herta, and will race with his 13th number, assuming it's not a retread." All of this in 44 starts. He also adds, let's see, I'm looking for the one other item here. Okay, he actually mentions we'll race with your 12th and 13th numbers, assuming uh, with the change in number for the Indy 500. This is pretty crazy. And he then says, how many of those 23 teammates and numbers can you name, including your new ones? (laughs) That's a lot of teammates. Um, you know, I could try to name them, but yeah, it is. That's, that was a crazy stat. I had actually not seen that. I mean, I know I, I have, but the last helmet that I did, I put all the numbers that I had raced and or tested on the back of my helmet, which is actually hilarious because people come up to it and they're like, no way. And then some of them are like, what number was this? And they're like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. Um, but I mean, I guess teammates, uh, you start out with Sato and then, uh, Ryan Briscoe, James Jakes, James Hinchcliffe. Um, you have uh, Luca Filippi, R.C. Enerson. Um, uh, uh, who else was there that year? Um, Takuma Sato. Oh, I said Takuma Sato. Uh, Carlos Munoz, Alex Rossi, Ryan Hunter Ray, Zach Veach, um, Marco Andretti. Um, almost, half Bordet, dr- almost half Sebastian the drivers. Bordet, yeah, almost yeah. half the drivers were 2015 at Dale Coyne Racing, it feels like. Almost oh, yeah, half yeah, your teammates. Sure. So anyway, yeah, a lot of them. I, I could name all of them, actually. I'm pretty good at, at doing that. Grumpy Cat, Carlos Huertas, right? Nope. Rodolfo. Never teammates. Uh, that was 2015. No, yeah, I, yeah. I was not 2015. there. I'm, no, so 2015, my teammate at Long Beach was... Um, uh, who was it? Oh, the um, the mighty Francesco Draconi. <laughs> was that my teammate? It might have been. Yeah. Yes. It was. You Draconi. have the that, honor. That, that would be, yeah, that would be the one that I would forget. <laughs> wow. And yeah. the the thing I love about thing because I, I had to pull up Wikipedia because I don't remember all this. Crap. Oh my gosh, I had no idea that he was my teammate. That's yeah. crazy. So here's the thing. So if you just scroll over someone's name, they'll be the little little snippet of the bio of the person. So while you guys weren't teammates that year, he was a part of the uh, Dale Coyne team. So just scrolling over, like James Davison, 
Here's what it says. James Davison is an Australian professional race driver. He drives an Aston Martin Vantage GT3 in the Blanc Pond GT World Challenge America. He's also competed in the NTT IndyCar Series, most recently driving for blah, blah, blah. You scroll over Francesco Draconi. Francesco Draconi is an Italian racing driver. That's all he's got. All right. I'm just saying. So I think one of his career highlights being your teammate, most likely. I mean, you, you, oh, wow. you got to give That's the guy. Dope. Yeah. Got to give the guy a little bit of credit there. It's hilarious. All right. Let's get to the last handful here. Around the outside asks, when does the Ed Carpenter racing United States Air Force merchandise hit? And where can we get it? Um, well, it just takes time. Uh, I mean, obviously, we you know we just got all of our contracts signed, um, you know, last week, two weeks ago. Uh, so, I mean, merchandise sadly does not uh, does not come overnight. We have to figure out that I have a job first, and then uh, <laughs> then we get to the all, all the other fun things. So, so you're not um, out in the garage know, tonight making t-shirts? I mean, come on, man, get to work. Yeah. No, but we're, we're obviously going to have some really cool stuff. We're, we're definitely doing die casts again. And in fact, we might be doing two die casts, one for my indie livery and my full season livery. So that'll be, that'll be really cool. Um, and cause the die casts are a huge hit for the air force. They love that. Uh, they sell obviously really well. So to everyone who buys them, you know, we really appreciate that. That again makes air force want to come back and support our sport. So keep doing that. Um, and yeah, we're going to, we're going to definitely have t-shirts. We're going to have hats. A lot of people kept asking for the hat that I wore the darker gray yeah. Air Force hat. Um, that's definitely going to be the one that I'm wearing again next year. And the one that we're going to have, uh, being sold in the store. So it'll be exactly the same hat that I'm wearing. That's in the store. Um, so, so yeah, we're going to, we're definitely going to have all that. It just takes time to, uh, create the magical items. Going to get a little bit serious here. Steve Garbasiak says, Connor, what is the value proposition you make to prospective sponsors? Is there opportunities for return on investment by sponsoring you? He asks, how much weight do they give to TV ratings, your on-track performance, uh, attendance at the races, sales of merchandise, etc.? Curious, at least from your experience, right? It's different from driver to driver, but what are the things you hear back from potential sponsors where they say this matters most to us uh, if we were to sponsor you and is there any commonalities you know that's obviously the most important question in motorsport right now um you know i think and and every company is different Every, every group is different um you know people you know even today i see people question you know how how can the air force really be getting uh you know how is this really a justified um you know investment and and honestly, no one knows how much people are actually spending. So the fact that people actually question why are they spending this, well, you don't know how much. That's not public information. Um, so, you, so to be honest, there could be, you know, I don't even know how much DHL is paying. I don't know how much AutoNation is paying or whatever like that. But, you know, I, I know how much a full budget is. So at, at some point, you know, in some way, shape, or form, there's going to be six to seven million dollars in place to go racing, or or potentially four on the low end. Um, and 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 honestly, if 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 we were not getting a positive uh, return for the Air Force, they would not do it because it's very highly scrutinized money. And 
thankfully they are. And, you know, for, for what they're and for what they're spending, what they get out of the Indy 500 is enormous. The Indy 500 is still the, the high value target um, because obviously they did Laguna and, and Laguna is very tough because as a one-off entry, it's a bigger investment than, um, than doing potentially, you know, a, a, a full season or, or what we're doing this year, you know, doing a one-off with Andretti, you know, it's expensive. It, it's, it's tough to do. You have to have entirely new personnel, you know, another car in rotation. Um, so we're, we're talking high six figure, you know, three hundred, four hundred thousand $400,000 just to do one race. That's not the Indy 500. So they, you know, there, there's a lot of a, you know, there's a difference in, in what you get out of that than what you get out of the Indy 500. Um, but there are sponsors that are getting things out of it. There's a lot of business to business deals that happen in motorsport that, that I've been a part of that my current partners and people that have supported me before have found beneficial. Um, and, and the air force love the fact that, you know, science, technology, engineering, math is, is massive in, in motorsport. They love the fact that they can bring us air force Academy, um, you know, students to be interns, um, you know, no one really thinks about that side when it comes to the investment. Um, it, it's a it's a package program. There's there's yes, the TV ratings matter. Social media is massive to, um, you know, to, to the U.S. Air Force because, um, you know, they're trying to they're trying to attract the kids who are using the Internet, who are using, you know, social media a lot. So um, so there, there's you know, I could talk about this for three hours because there's there's plenty of sponsorship deals I've tried to do and that haven't worked. But there are thankfully there are some that have worked. And, you know, it's it, it's a lot of money, but each team is different. Each team has a different way of doing business and each team has a different number they have to hit um, because there's you know, there, there's a lot of different things going on behind the scenes. And that's the one thing I always have to tell people. Do not pretend like you can even think you know what's going on behind the scenes because there is a lot going on behind the scenes of these race teams, some that you'll never know and some that they don't want you to know, but it's, 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 it's happening. And, and either way there are cars on the racetrack and that's all that matters in the end. Yeah. We're going to stick with the air force theme here and go to our pal, Jamin Tuttle says, Connor, how can fans interact with the air force to let them know we appreciate them being a part of your journey and supporting you in IndyCar. No, that's a great question. Honestly, if, if we're going to have, uh, you know, major activations at at least four to seven races this year. Um, so go there, tell them, um, you know, tell them you appreciate it. I mean, tweet at them, the U S air force recruiting handle, um, USAF underscore recruiting. Uh, they, they see that they track it. They have super high level metrics for, um, for, uh, you know, for, for tracking that stuff. So anything on the internet helps anything in real life, um, you know, at the, uh, you know, come, come to our autograph sessions, you know, anytime that there's a, a major USAF activation, you know, me and, and probably Ed will be there signing autographs at some point during the weekend. So, um, so definitely, uh, do, do everything that you can to do that. And, and obviously we really appreciate that. We'll, uh, you know, you'll be treated correctly for sure. That sounds like you've just named your alter ego. He's not Connor Daly today. He is major activations. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got you got to work that, my friend. Uh, let's go to Matt Odland, who asks, Connor, do you think you could race competitively with a Marshall Pruitt-sized beard under your helmet? I don't know if you saw the photo of this thing on my face that is 
rivaling David Letterman's. But, uh, yeah, you think you could tuck all that under your beard, or would you have to get something about five sizes bigger? <laughs> I don't, you know what? Great question. I think I could do it because I see Julian Edelman play football with an incredible yes. cap, so, um So, yeah, I think it's possible. Edelman born in the town right next to where I was born. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Uh, Ron Thompson says to you both, who has stopped you in public and wanted to ask you a racing question that surprised you the most? Um, that's kind of hard. Um, I, I think, I mean, I, you get questions about racing all the time. Um, and they're usually, very, very basic. Right. But, but to actually get a question that is deeper is actually kind of cool because then if you get a question that, you know, the people know what they're talking about, it, it already makes me more comfortable to, you know, to talk about it or to answer it. Because if there's something that, you know, if, if they're asking something that's sort of one level deeper, then I know that they understand, you know, at least a little bit, the basics, which is nice. I would have to say, Ron, uh, might have been last year at the Rolex 24. I think it might have. Yeah, I think it was a Rolex 24 last year. Uh, the somewhat new uh, CEO of Mazda North America, uh, Masahiro Moro, Moro-san, stopped me on the grid and asked me a question. And we hadn't met before, but he knew who I was, which... Again, man, like the CEO of frickin' Mazda North America, uh, like I knew who he was. Uh, that blew me away. Um, so I don't know. Maybe folks just are accustomed to asking me questions and go, oh, that guy, he's the answer guy, or at least <laughs> the guy who fakes an answer guy. Um, oh, yeah. That's one that comes to mind. Uh, let's see, last couple here. Uh, Todd Hutchins, Connor, congrats on the ride. He asked, what do you do? with your Aero SPM driver suit from Portland since you really didn't get a chance to soil it? <laughs> um, well, you hang it up in the closet. <laughs> I got, I have a great... Um, you must have an amazing collection of driver suits already. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is hilarious. I, and the funny thing is, uh, one of my off-season projects was to sort of... Uh, I have a closet in my spare room where I just, I had nothing in there. And I'm like, I'm going to actually hang up all the race suits that I have. Cause I think I'm, I'm obviously, I've got a, I've got doubles of a couple and I might, uh, I might have my friend Darren Jack, maybe get rid of them, get rid of a couple for me that I have doubles of. Um, but this year, well, actually the last two years alone, um, I have my Navy blue air force suit, my white Harding suit, my black arrow SPM suit, my, uh, Andretti suit, and also two Gallagher suits. So, I mean, that's just in in eleven races. I have seven suits or something of different of different color. Oh, so brutal. it's pretty insane. All right, our penultimate question: Vincent McPartland says, Connor, do you feel that driving midgets helps you in any way with driving an Indy car? He says that was where most Indy car drivers in the past got started. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I don't think it hurts. Absolutely not. Uh, I mean, ever since I started racing midgets, things started going better in my career. So I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> say that that's good. Uh, probably going to do the Chili Bowl again here coming up in January, which would be 
a lot of people are pushing me to do again, which I wasn't really sure if I wanted to, but uh, why not? I, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So, um, you know, I, it's, um, it's, it's been fun. I've learned a lot. It's very difficult and it's very, um, it's very humbling is, is a good word for it. So, yeah. Beautiful. All right. Final question goes to Ray Schumann. It's Connor. I wanted to ask you about training and fitness. And I saved, I moved this to last knowing that we pushed our recording back so you could go to the gym. Um, he says, other than cardio and strength training, what driving specific exercise do you work on? Uh, things like concentration, peripheral vision, reaction times. What is the modern IndyCar drivers overall training regimen like both physical and I guess cognitive? Well, I mean, I think no matter what you think it is, there's always more. Um, you know, the public assume that we do certain things. And obviously on the internet, if you follow a lot of drivers, you know, we're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, you got Pit Fit, St. Vincent Sports Performance, you know, a lot of good people, um, you know, helping us train. You know, I've been at St. Vincent Sports Performance since I was 12. Um, you know, they've got a dedicated trainer for, you know, Ed and I have both trained there for years. Um, and, and, and it's, you know, it, it's a lot, you know, we work, we have, you know, we use the iron neck to train our neck, uh, a lot of, you know, high intensity circuit training to keep, you know, the upper body, the core, the legs. I mean, you, you're basically training your entire body because your legs are working just as much as your arms on the road courses. I mean, you're hitting the brake pedal 1300 PSI worth of pressure, you know, thousands of times in a day during the race. So, you know, you're, you're doing, uh, a lot you're you're constantly working and uh now now that our cars have become a sauna with this uh aero screen that, <laughs> that the uh the, yeah. the airflow has not necessarily been thought through as clearly as we were hoping um you know we're gonna have to be uh you know prepared for a even warmer environment than we've ever been prepared for before so i think that's really gonna throw some curveballs at us because i don't think I think physically our cars are the most difficult cars to drive on the planet. I truly, truly believe that. I would love for someone to challenge that. I don't think they would. Um, but with that, you know, we had some airflow, which is great. Now we don't have any airflow. They're, they're working on some things, but, um, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that affects us. Because I know that when I did a NASCAR Xfinity race, that was the hottest I've ever been in a race car. Now, physically, not very difficult. You know, our, my arms weren't tired. It wasn't that difficult to drive physically, but it was very warm, like warmer than I've ever been in an Indy car. So, you know, maybe we go through one or two races and that, and we get used to it. Um, but I'm not sure because our arms and our legs and our chests will be working a lot harder, um, you know, than I was in the Xfinity car. So, um, so it'll be really interesting. And, and, and yeah, we, we have to stay on top of training every day, all the time, um, because I know and I see on the Internet that every other driver is, and you want to be working just as hard, if not harder, than anyone else. Would it be crazy of me to suggest that maybe in a car that now, with an aero screen, a canopy almost, that is having airflow problems, might benefit from some insights from the airflow force where they have pilots that fly things with canopies just throwing out a crazy idea here what do you think that might be a nice tech transfer opportunity as well yeah they've got great airflow i've been in jets so that actually works quite well and they and they fly up in the sky where it's negative degrees so it's uh 
it's not that bad. It's very different. I, I am, I am very anti aero screen and I will be for at least a while. Um, and, uh, and that's how I feel about it. <laughs> Friends week in IndyCar listeners. Let's say thank you to the people's champ, Connor Daly. Always a pleasure to have you on my friend. If the Pat McAfee podcast thing doesn't quite work out genuinely, always an open door for you to come and join. And granted, I haven't even counted the number of times you've been on the podcast, but I know it's a lot and we always have fun and people always ask for you to come back. So doors always open. Thanks for spending some time, my man, and look forward to doing this again soon. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And I appreciate everyone uh, who listens and who supported us. And, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. Happy to be back in a, in a semi-permanent fashion. Um, yeah, just can't wait to get out there. I just looked. This is your 10th appearance, man. <laughs> really? I didn't even know I did that many. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't have said that because now you're going to send me an invoice. So um, nah, uh, I don't know how to build an invoice. All right. <laughs> fair enough. Connor, thanks as always, brother. Congrats. Stoked that we're going to get to see you and get to ask questions. How was the car? How's things? Not when are you going to get back into a car? So look forward to uh, this 2020 season for you and look forward to having you back here soon. Thanks, man. All right, brother. Well, that was fun. Uh